Hey there, folks. A former Meta employee is alleging that Facebook and Instagram were aware of harms facing teens on the platforms but failed to address them. But are we surprised? I'm Aaron Young. Let's get started. Now, streaming right around the world, this is Ticker Today. Hello and welcome to you. Also coming up, tech mogul Elon Musk has made waves yet again, introducing Grok, an AI system that he describes as rebellious. But first... Let's kick it off today with Ticker Hot Shots. We're joined by Veronica Dudo in New York. Veronica, of course, great to see you. A former Meta employee has been testifying, alleging that Facebook and Insta parent company was actually aware of harassment and other harms facing teens on the platform, but did nothing about them. The employees called Arturo Bejar worked on well-being for Instagram 2019 to 2021, but have been working with Facebook since 2015. It is such an interesting topic, one that we've been talking about for the last few years, of course, as we've been witnessing some teenagers who've been suffering from depression and they've been able to link it back to social media use. What do you make of it? It's a very real issue. It's definitely plaguing schools. It's plaguing households. Uh, how can young people navigate uh, this new technology? And every day we're hearing more and more where things are becoming uh, more difficult, not even really mentioning AI, of course, artificial intelligence. I mean, those types of posts bring in a whole nother layer to this conversation. So again, this is a very complicated issue. There is no black and white answers in so that we can say definitely uh, do this. And we know then straight across the board, uh, young people will be able to stay safe. Uh, this is really interesting because um, when the whistleblower testified on Capitol Hill, he talked about uh, the fact that his own daughter was uh, you know, a victim in, in dealing with some of these issues. So mm. it is very complicated. You know, where does the onus lie? Is this something that Congress needs to get involved in? Uh, should the companies be self-regulating? Should parents be involved? So it's really a complicated uh, matter. You know, what do you make of some of the news coming out of his testimony? Yeah, it's interesting to watch. I take it from a bit of a broader perspective, though, which is if we're going to talk about harassment of children, let's talk about the fact that it's been happening at schools for decades, if not centuries, right? And schools have still been unable to be able to stamp it out. Kids can be really mean or when it comes to harassment or uh, it can be things like um, the really attractive kid at school can can cause someone to not feel great about them. I, I remember how I used to feel when I used to see, you know, these really fit footballers running around and, and, and I was a bit of a bookworm and you can't help but go, gosh, I wish I looked like that. Um, this has been happening a long time. I think that the issue is probably that social media allows it to come with you as you leave school as well. Um, but as soon as mobile phones came, I think I was about 17 when mobile phones became a big thing at our school. Uh, so I was about to leave school, high school that is, secondary college. Um, there was bullying that was happening uh, via mobile phone texting. There was uh, harassment that happened all the time uh, throughout school. Uh, I think that probably lunchtime has had more of an impact on people's mental health at school than Instagram potentially could as well. So I think that if we look towards big tech to fix human nature issues, we're always going to fail. What do you think? It's a fascinating uh, framework for sure to, to talk about what's happening in, per in person, but also adding in that, as you mentioned, it can continue once you do leave the premises. So again, uh, of course, it's unfortunate that this happens. It's it's never a good thing to, you know, be 
sad or, or frustrated or, you know, to have some mental un, you know, being unwell in this. Uh, yeah. so it's going to, unfortunately, uh, it seems like it's here to stay as technology yeah. continues on human nature. All right. Uh, our second topic, poor weather around the world likely to cause global wine production to drop to a six decade low this year. The International Organization of Vine and Wine, which I thought was me, says that the wine production around the world is likely to be about 7% lower in 2023 compared to last year. Such a yield would be the worst since 1961. Veronica, when I heard that wine uh, was dropping, I thought it was consumption and that you'd given up again. <laughs> so this is really interesting because uh, for the first time, France has overtaken Italy for their output. Uh, you know, the organization is talking about bad weather uh, and, and really fluctuations. So everything from dry spells to too much rain has impacted the harvest. And so uh, they're saying, you know, even though that their output is down, as you mentioned, consumption is also down. So it's not like there's going to be a shortage. So they're, they're, they're saying that globally things should be able to remain on par. But again, is this something that, uh, you know, can we figure out as to why? But they're saying this is the first time in, in 60 years that they're seeing this situation unfold. Yeah. And France now actually taking over, uh, would you believe, as the biggest wine producer, the French have not seen a decline. The Italians have. Many other countries uh, throughout the world certainly have across America as well. But France powering on, making sure that champagne gets into our hands. The unfair part of our conversation every day, Veronica, is you're finishing up your day and I'm starting mine. So you will no doubt have a vino in hand very soon. Good to see you. <laughs> you too. All right. Facebook's barring political campaigns and advertisers in other regulated industries from using its new generative AI advertising products. It means Meta is denying access to the tools lawmakers have warned could turbocharge the spread of election misinformation. Facebook parent Meta says it's banning political advertisers from using its new generative AI advertising tools. That's according to a company spokesperson Monday. With less than a year now until the US general election, Meta's move aims to cut off campaigns' access to tools that may turbocharge the spread of election misinformation on the world's second biggest platform for digital ads. Meta's generative AI ad products and virtual assistants, which can instantly create backgrounds, image adjustments, and ad copy in response to text prompts, were made available to a small group of advertisers in the spring. And a month ago, Meta expanded access to more advertisers. By barring access to it for political advertisers, Meta's made one of the industry's most significant AI-related policy choices related to political ads. As so far, little has been said by big tech giants about safeguards on generative AI ad products released in recent months. Meta's top policy executive, Nick Clegg, said last month, the use of generative AI in political advertising was, quote, clearly an area where we need to update our rules. He warned tech could be used to interfere in upcoming elections in 2024, especially content that moves from one platform to another. Meta's rival Alphabet's Google rolled out a similar image-customizing generative AI ad tool last week. It says it plans to keep politics out by blocking a list of political keywords from being used as prompts. 
Tech mogul Elon Musk has made waves yet again introducing Grok, an AI system that he describes as rebellious and intentionally designed with minimal guardrails. Grok, Musk explains, is an experiment in pushing the boundaries of artificial intelligence. Unlike most AI systems that are carefully programmed with strict limitations to ensure safety and ethical use, well, Grok doesn't do that. What a surprise. It's been intentionally designed with fuel restrictions, allowing it to explore and to learn with more freedom. For more, we're joined by Dr. Karen Sutherland from the University of the Sunshine Coast. Grok even comes with a cocaine recipe. Oh, no. Oh, no. But this, this comes from the guy who only, I think, last year was talking about the, you know, that we should be very worried about AI. And then he comes out with this. What is going on? Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, we have a look at what he's up to. Is Grok... Elon Musk 2.0. Has he created an AI version of himself to carry on the dream? Maybe he it's who he would like to be. I don't know. Uh, because it says that Grok is apparently like witty and sarcastic and and just has it can actually um uh, be very um quick-witted and, and have quips and things in its responses. So maybe, you know, have you ever been in a conversation where afterwards you thought, I wish I said that? Maybe that's what he's building. <laughs> my job, unfortunately, Karen, is to spend as much time in my life looking at those moments where I wish I should have said something and to try to be able to do it at the time. Um, that is, of course, the, the gig, right? But Grok, um, how does it differ from traditional AI systems when it comes to asking it to do something? People are using AI for coding, they're using it to write a book, they're using it to write a resume. Um, how, what, what is Grok going to add to the conversation or is, is it going to put out a cocaine recipe instead of your resume and you never get the job or you get the job? Depends what job you're going for, but uh, yeah. So I mean, the, the difference that I can see from doing doing research on Grok is that apart from having a wishy personality, is that uh, and you can ask it anything. Where other platforms will shy away from controversial topics and illegal topics, it actually will be using uh, Twitter content in real time. So it will be actually sourcing its information from or oh, X. Uh, formerly Twitter, which is different. So, I mean, there are platforms now like Bing who who runs on um, uh, ChatGPT and you can actually access articles and stuff in real time, but this will be just bringing stuff in from X. Um, doing it via social media platform hasn't been done yet. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, if you try and type anything into ChatGPT about the war in the Middle East at the moment and you mention Hamas, it quite often comes back and says we cannot talk about uh, terror-related topics. Now, it will be interesting to see what Grok does in regards to this because when we talk about a rebellious design, give us an idea of what some of the risks are for both public safety but for Elon Musk's reputation. Well, I mean, it can just, I mean, the spread of misinformation is an ongoing issue. And, and if there aren't safeguards in place, it would actually, you know, exacerbate that. The other thing is it could be used to actually uh, support illegal activities. So as you were talking about cocaine recipes, it could be there to actually get information and, and help people to be, uh, you know, criminals. So there's, there's that issue as well. And we also don't know about privacy and, and, um, and Musk hasn't actually come out to say anything or any safeguards or anything in relation to these these issues. So who knows what's going to happen? Now, talk to us about the safeguards, if any, are in place to try and mitigate potential risks associated with Grok. Because last time you and I spoke, it was about the fact that President Biden, the White House, have put out an executive order trying to put some guardrails on AI as it continues to explode. My point at the time, you'll remember uh, my cynicism saying that someone 
just won't listen to this and they won't be based in the United States. Elon Musk is based in the United States and he's come up with something that seems to go against the president's wishes. Absolutely. And we, we all know how well governments, uh, you know, their, their safeguards and their laws uh, work on tech companies. So, yeah, so that's it's going to be interesting. But in terms of safeguards, they haven't actually said any. Uh, maybe they're still trying to work that out or just see where the line is. But things like, I mean, in, in relation to the misinformation, the, the stuff that we, we always say around sort of fact-checking and content moderation and, and user reporting, uh, but there's nothing um, there's nothing being highlighted yet around the things about misinformation or illegal activities that yeah. could actually take place. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll leave it there. Dr. Karen Southern, appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. More Ticker today right after this. You're watching Ticker. We'll have more in just a few minutes. 